Hi. <laughs> uh, welcome, guys. It's uh, it's it's been a while. It's, it's been a minute. Been, yeah, a New York minute, I guess. How yep. come they say it's been a New York minute? I never understood uh, that. I don't know. Is it because uh, New York City is such a busy city? Perhaps. But uh, anyways, but yeah, welcome back to Res Hockey. It's uh, we've been away for two months. We've been on hiatus. I know. And the thing is, it just it went by fast. Yeah, I will tell you why we got. Yeah. Five excuses or reasons and uh my plan was only to take august off but things things happen we had to regroup refocus so but yeah we're back for another hockey season uh 2023 24 season and we're looking forward to it it's a lot of good things has happened in the hawk uh indian hockey country so it's it's going to be an exciting year for a lot of uh indigenous players um there's more pro players this year more junior players so it's good to see and uh, we're excited to sit around with you guys and talk some hockey for this upcoming season yeah we are uh bush and i we are recording on the traditional land of the anishinaabe we are on treaty shree territory um Homo Bush, home and his uh, home, <laughs> Bush's home. So yeah, I just want to give land acknowledgement before we uh, start anything because uh, this is our land. Well, technically it's Bush's <laughs> land. I'm just uh, I'm a Cree on Treaty Three, so it's not my land. So You're, yeah. So, but yeah, um, our guest, our guest for episode ninety three. Is from let me Sutana uh, Nation out yeah. west of Calgary, Alberta. Our guest for this week's episode is Mr. Brent Dodge Horse. Uh, Brent is doing a lot of good work with um, diversity and working with junior teams in the Calgary Flames and uh, a lot of sports teams in Calgary. So it's it this guy's this guy's a trailblazer. This guy's a, a lot of players look up to him, and we'll talk about that later on. Because I asked a couple of guys who who are from out west, and I asked them, uh, Brett Dodge Horse, like what, how big of an impact has he made in in the hockey world out in out in Calgary and uh, Alberta area, and they uh, he got a lot of good. Uh, I got a good response, good responses from some players, so. It's good to hear and good to see. Whew, I'm off. I'm already out of <laughs> Just a minute in. Uh yeah. timeout. Timeout. Um, so yeah. Dodging horse is our guest for this week. Uh, we had a Bush and I had a lot of good time had a good time mm-hmm. talking talking hockey with him. And he's uh he, this guy's he a legend a lot. for sure. He shared yeah. a lot, yeah. Um we had no cousin of the week. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't sure. I think uh, we this show was last minute. We weren't going. I was just c- kind of not looking forward to doing all this again. So, to be honest, I was like, uh, "This is the show is last minute," and so, uh, I didn't look into our messages for cousin of the week. But uh, if anyone you know who wants to be cousin of the week for 
future episodes, shoot us a message on Facebook yeah. or Instagram or uh my personal Facebook or Bush's personal Facebook. Mm. For sure we'll put uh whoever you nominate on for because yeah. of the week. Uh I shout had, out to what? I had to take down my uh my OnlyFans because I got reported. Bush was making too much money and it was all getting taxed afterwards. So <laughs> yeah. Tax man. Yeah. Well, truth is I had I was taking pictures of my feet and I got a couple um line drives to my toes and they got a blood those blood blisters. So I wasn't getting too much positive feedback. He cut his nails too short, so he had to, he has to wait for them to grow. <laughs> yeah. Don't you hate it when you cut your nail too short and it's uh, like it's really sensitive or it bleeds? Yeah, like I'm not talking about my toenails. I'm talking about like my fingernails. <laughs> like, like I'm a <laughs> I'm a nail biter, so I bite my uh, nails and to the point where they're kind of too short and they hurt after a while. Mm-hmm. But not my toenails. I don't bite my toenails. <laughs> uh shout outs do you have any shout outs for episode 93 since we we probably must probably have two two months worth of shout outs yeah um been shout out to newly married couple paul and heather Mackie. i was at their i was at their best man at their wedding a couple of weeks ago i just want to give a shout out to them where's my invite how come i didn't get an invite i would have came i know you would have came I should have been your plus one. Oh yeah, <laughs> Can yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's a, it was pretty cool. I, I was wearing a kilt to your traditional Scottish regalia. So, but, did you wear any gitch? Well, I was gonna say uh, I'm not full on. You know, I'm not full Scottish. I don't know if people are aware of that in my heritage, but because I wasn't full Scottish, I was allowed to wear gitch. Did <laughs> were they like? Like brand new gitch, or did they have your holy gitch? Oh, I, well, I was wedding, right? So I had to, I had to break out the Joe Boxers, the brand new ones. You should have wore your uh, manscape gitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, congrats on the wedding. Yeah, guys, I uh, wish you guys all the best. Um, I got shoutouts. The name Cardinal. Um. He has a big uh, Facebook, well, social media. He does the Indigenous rookie cards. He said he's happy for us to, to be back. Uh, he had quite the scare. He lives in Kelowna, BC, and Kelowna had big, like a big fire, or West Kelowna, yeah. this past summer. So we're glad he's safe. Uh, who else? Tidy Semple. He uh, he shared our Facebook page, our post about. Uh, Brent being a guest on this week's show, and he goes, I guess I'll tune in. It's like, freaking guy, man, you should be always tuning in. Who else? Dice Art, the Dice Man yeah, out in Brandon. What's up? Yeah. We hung out with him in August. It was fun hanging, hanging out with yeah. him in his hometown. Awesome guy. Always fun guy to hang out with. Um, Zach Whitecloud for uh, Zach. Yeah. bringing the cup back to Brandon and Sioux Valley, and we'll talk about that later. So, who else? Ty. Um, he's traveling out west with his family. Ty Lavalley and his wife Jessica and kids. So we have a lot of good friends that we missed throughout the summer and we missed you guys lots and glad that we are back. 
And I just want to give a shout out to all the returning hockey players that are playing this year. I mean, yeah. um, all the way from university to junior hockey to U18, U16, and down and like all the little minor hockey kids. So, yeah, good luck this season, guys. Mm-hmm. Congratulations if you made the team that you were trying out for. But um, if you didn't make the team, just try harder and you work on what the feedback you guys got back from coaches and just, just, just as long as you guys are having fun. um, That's the most important thing. Have fun playing hockey with your friends. So yeah, that's it. Um, Today is October 3rd. Preseason's Third. happening. Um, Have you, uh, do you watch preseason hockey games on TV? No, I don't. No, no. I watched the Leafs last night and they lost the Montreal in overtime. They were winning too. It's like, and the thing is, the Leafs had all their superstars. They had Matthews, Monter, Bertuzzi. But preseason, remember that one time you and I went to the preseason game and <laughs> yeah. Bush was all excited to watch Edmonton play and they had like two regulars on. Yeah, they had uh, Bouchard. And, and that was it. But that, that's, that's <laughs> the thing is, like, people pay big money to go watch some preseason preseason games and like these superstars usually don't play but this week this NHL season starts this week I think so I don't know what kind of diehard Edmonton fan are you I think I think it starts Thursday let me see here google it according to the google machine I think it starts on Thursday, which is the is Tuesday, the fifth, Tuesday, October fifth, or is it after Thanksgiving? Uh, I want to. I always thought it was after Thanksgiving. Um, I could be wrong though, but eight out of nine times you are. Yeah. NHL season start. Let me. October third. No. October tenth. Preseason. When is October tenth? October Tuesday. Next, next week from now. Next, next week. Yeah, seven days from now. The triple header. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's pick who's going to win the Stanley Cup. For okay, next Edmonton. June, but you can't pick Edmonton, and I can't pick Toronto. <laughs> but Toronto's gonna win. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> who's gonna out of the West? Okay, who's gonna win the West? Um, if if not Edmonton, yeah. If not, wow, well, they're not gonna win. Oh, Edmonton. I'm gonna go with uh, um. I'm gonna go with the uh, Avalanche. Hmm. That's a good They're one. My second pick, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with Colorado too. What about the East? I'm gonna go. Uh, I think Marshawn's gonna lead them to the promised land. You think so? But they're they yeah. lost. They lost uh, Bergeron and that Krejci. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, so that's Krejci. two centers. They yep. lost their. Uh, I don't know about the East. I'll say Florida. Mm, okay, F- Florida. Our, but you, but with you know our cousin, 
Yeah, with Montour. But you know who's really good? It's going to be good this year. And I hate to see it. It's Ottawa. Yeah, I know. I don't think so. They beat Toronto in overtime the other night, too. And? Well, yeah, preseason's nothing. But, like, they had all their young guns on, and they look good, man. (laughs) I don't know. It's just they rebuild, I guess, right? When you get so many first-round draft picks throughout the years. I'm like Edmonton. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So, like, why hasn't Edmonton won? I'm bringing this up already. Their coach. They've had like, poor coaching. Yeah. I think so. Um, the so? coach who just overloaded McDavid. Like, this year, Toronto, with Toronto, they're putting... Uh, Austin Matthews on the penalty kill. Would you put their your superstars on the penalty kill to give them more scoring chances and yeah. scoring opportunities? Yeah. In the preseason, why not? Give them a little taste. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Brady Keeper. He played. Couple of games with Montreal, signed a contract with Montreal this season. He got sent down to Laval, their HL farm team. You still make good money, man. You can make yeah. over like over 100 G's. So hopefully he gets called up I think uh, in the season. Yeah, I hope so too. He's, <laughs> he's a good defenseman. You okay over there? Yeah. What I'm else? Just has... going, I was just going back in the preseason when Calgary, uh, Beat Vancouver. Double digits. Oh, what was it? Like 10? <laughs> it was 10-0. So. But then again, right? Calgary probably didn't play their, their all-stars. Cal- or Calgary play probably their top did. Six. And Vancouver probably just uh, junior players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you going to attend any hockey games this year? November 30th. November 30th in Winnipeg. There's, it's a Thursday. Yeah, it's Winnipeg. Against Edmonton? Yes. Did you buy your tickets already? I already bought my tickets. What about St. Paul when they go to St. Paul? Would you go to St. Paul? I would definitely go to St. Paul. I never think to go to St. Paul. I always just think, oh, yeah, Winnipeg is closer. It's a seven-hour drive, but it's yeah, the, it's a fast drive. Well, you and it I is. done it. Yeah, it's a fast, fast drive. It's like driving from here to Regina, pretty much. Yeah. So we should uh, consider that one of these times. I still want to go see our, our, our cousins that are playing in the university. Who's playing university? I wonder where... Uh, well, my Hedrick's playing. In Bemidji? Da- yeah, well, no, I already checked Damon's. Um, the only way... Come to Minnesota? No, the only way he would play Bemidji is if they've met in the playoffs and like the the Elite oh, Eight or the Final yeah. Eight or something. Frozen yeah. Four. Yeah, something like uh, that. Yeah. Brad graduated college. Yeah, Brad's in Europe. He went to France this year, which is cool. Yeah, really um, cool. Who else is, went to Europe? Judd Blackwater. He went to yeah. Ro- Romania. That's a cool country. It is. I, so, I think awesome if to... uh, I think if we win the lottery tonight, we should probably go. We should go to Europe and see him. Say, hey, what's up, Judd? 
just out of nowhere. It's like, hey, hey. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You got any plans tonight? Hey, you want to? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there's. I think we have to make a list of players that's like an updated list of players where they're playing this year because there's a lot this year. And uh, be be cool to see where everyone is this year. Yeah. Um, your boy Ethan Bear, former Edmonton Oilers defenseman's out six months. Oh, like when you have a shoulder injury, you must you can still ride the bike. I'm sure, eh? And yeah, can you, you can, can still. Can you skate, or is it that? Dep- like, no, I know I've I've with uh with my rotator cuff, it's it's hard to skate. Yeah, right. Because you're moving your shoulders, right? <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. did the little shoulder shake. <laughs> so he's out for six months. That's yeah, that's horrible. October, I mean, is that considered from uh, October or because he's he had shoulder surgery like in June or July? So do you add June. those months or do you add the six NHL months? Probably, probably from uh, the day of the day, the day of, of the surgery. surgery? Yeah. So, who are you looking forward to watch play this year other than the Oilers? Is there any specific Indigenous player? Yeah. Have it be college, junior hockey, or pro to go watch play? Um, I want to, I really want to, I'm really interested in uh, Montour stepping up this season and, and, and our cousin Zach. Yeah. Uh Brandon's actually in the Florida Panthers play their first game uh against the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg. Oh. That's like their uh the Jets home opener, so that should be pretty good. That should be good, yeah. But uh for me the oh, one oh. guy I want to go watch live and he signed uh an a- AHL contract with the Chicago Wolves and he, he will shot. be in Winnipeg in January. Is uh, I can't remember his <laughs> name now. He was a guest on the show. Um, he played for Eagle Lake. Hedrick Owen, Owen. <laughs> yeah, I just had a brain for it. What is in is in January? Yeah, he's in Winnipeg. He, he plays when? the Moose. I don't know. Just I just know it's in January. So we we should go watch that one. What what team is he on? Chicago Wolves. I'm pretty sure it's in January. It'd be cool to go to go watch him play and meet him afterwards. And I think he's a right-handed D, so ask him for a stick. Yeah. Cause Wacy gave me a, gave me a stick when I was in Saskatoon, mm-hmm. but he's a lefty, so. Yeah, I know. They're in uh, Chicago's in Manitoba sometime in January, so that's something we should uh, look into. Oh, January twenty third, twenty and twenty fourth. I think that's probably like the same weekend as Brandon, though. The oh, Dakota Fest for the yeah Dakota Fest. Uh, oh, oh, you have a choice to make. I'd rather go see Hedrick play. Yeah, true. Wednesday, well, it's, a, it's a Tuesday, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, really? Yeah. 
Well, we could go then because the tournament's not till like the weekend. Yeah. Well, we'll well we'll go to the game Wednesday night and then just uh, next night keep on going to Brandon. <laughs> yeah, with the rest of my clothes. <laughs> yeah. Since you're going for so long, you might as well take <laughs> yeah. take the rest of your clothes. Yeah. When Bush picks me up, I'll be coming out with my hockey bag and three garbage bags full of clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you know who also I'm interested in seeing? I want to see Kerry Terrence. I want to see if he makes team uh, the juniors for uh, oh, uh, team, team USA. USA. Yeah. Where is the World Juniors this year? Goldenberg, Sweden. Oh. Well, he still has two more years. So, yep. like, even 2024. 20, World Juniors, he'll he'll be el- eligible still. So yeah, and I think the World Juniors probably be in Canada, twenty twenty four. So yeah, for probably, sure, it'd be yeah. nice. Yeah, to watch everybody carry play, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be a long season. Everyone, plan it wisely. Use your sick days wisely when planning. Use your sick, use your sick days. Um, choose cultural your... days. Choose your fights wisely and uh, choose your uh, kissing ass wisely weeks in advance. Yeah, so if you're going to pick a fight, maybe do it Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday at least, the latest. Yeah. If you want to go play hockey. So, yeah, with that being said, let's uh, let's head over to our interview with Mr. Brent Dodging Horse. Let's go. Let's go. Res Hockey would like to introduce you our guest for episode number 94. He is from Sutina, Alberta, just west of Calgary. It's west of Calgary, eh? Yeah, just eight minutes away from the Costco and the Thames. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Res Hockey would like to introduce our guest for this episode, for this week's show, Mr. Brent Dodgingheart. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I know you've been trying to contact me for a little bit to get on, but finally had the time to um kind of kind of do this. So looking forward to it. Yeah, I was just, I was just laughing about that. How uh, we'll text each other for for a while, then a week or two we won't listen for we won't hear each other from for a <laughs> while. But yeah, we're happy to have you on the show. You've uh, you, your name's been on our list, so uh, yeah, welcome. Yeah. Um, how did you get started in hockey? Uh, let's talk about your minor hockey days. Um, played on the res, grew up playing on the ponds and the creeks. Um, had a big family, um, seven or eight of us. Uh, my mom took on uh, a lot of our cousins. You know, a lot of the trauma that happens in every community. We all grew up together. Loved hockey, loved football, played every sport there was. Um, eventually just got pretty decent at hockey because our little community really loved hockey. Um, start making the AAA teams. Um, eventually went from P- well, Wee AAA to Bantam. Um, got uh, to the point where I was pretty dominant in this area in Alberta. and um, Never got drafted, got overlooked because the size, the era that I played in was you had to be 6'4 and freaking 280 <laughs> to get a look, but I uh I was a pretty good player and um 
eventually went to Calgary Royals, played uh, at the time, we could call it midget, but they call it U18 now, and uh, played there as a 16-year-old and played pretty good. Played uh, in the max midget at the time, they could call it midget, but now it's U18, won that, did pretty good. And then just eventually made my way into the, not the ranks, but just got scouted for junior A or major junior. And that's where I played minor hockey. But growing up playing minor hockey in Calgary was pretty good because we had Southwest, the Southwest Bears, or the Southwest uh, organization. There was uh, draft picks, NHL players that played on our team that uh, I grew up with, like Brad Ferentz. I uh, played in the show for 500 games, 554 games for three different organizations and just a bunch of guys that were highly touted that they were on my team ever since I grew up and we just grew up together. So um, just being a res kid, being able to play at a pretty decent level, it all started on the res, playing on the creeks, playing on the ponds. When you played... Uh... When you started playing AAA and during your AAA days, was there a lot of First Nation kids playing on other teams and or on your team? No, zero. There was absolutely none that uh, played in our organization or in our league or in whether it was provincials or nationals. No, there was uh, a couple kids that tried out in the dub that uh, at the time. But no, nothing in minor hockey. There was probably what I refer to as POC, people of color, maybe one guy in our whole league that was POC, me and another kid. And uh, at that time, um, racism wasn't even talked about because you couldn't even talk about it or you'd be blackballed or you'd get traded or you they wouldn't even take you. So I had to learn how to deal with it internally on uh on our own but no there wasn't there was there was nobody but i looked up to the guys that played i remember like dwight buffalo playing triple a for the leduc or harry york being i think he was metis but he played junior with the oil barons and went on to play in the coast and played in the a and worcester and then played in the show but those those guys were just ahead of me but there was no guys that uh i was the only the native guy on a, anywhere I went, pretty much. We actually had uh, Harry on the show twice. Really oh, nice okay. guy, and he had really good stories. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool story. Uh, before your Calgary Hitman days, you play, uh, you played two years in the BC League with Vernon. Um, you put put up some really good numbers. Uh, when you went to BC, were you just thinking? I'm going to go college route or did you just want to play in BC till someone noticed you and picked you up for the dub? I actually got cut twice from the dub. I was listed by Calgary Hitman in the original year. Um, I think that was coming right out of the very first year Calgary was formed. Uh, that's the year Brett, the Hitman Hart, Theo Fleury, Sakic and Chuck uh, Matson on the team. I was listed. I wasn't drafted, but I was listed and uh, then they dropped me. Saskatoon picked my rights up. Then they dropped me. And then um, Brandon picked my rights up, tried out for the Wheat Kings, cut cut me. Uh, of course, at that time, you had to be 6'4", mm-hmm. even to get a look. But I 
I, I played tough. I could play the game. It just, I didn't fit in their cards. They said I was too small, but I always had this little thing that I wanted to play in the dub. I remember going to the Saddle Dome and watching the dub all-star game and watching uh, uh, Whitney play. Um, uh, not Ray Whitney, the other Whitney that played in the dub. But I just remember being at Saddle Dome and just wanting to be in the dub one day. And <clears throat> after Midget AAA, I was listed from the Kamloops Blazers. And my line mate, Peter Bergman, was drafted to the Blazers in the third round. And Bergie told me, come try it for the Blazers. You can, you can, you got a good chance. So being a dumbass, I went to the Blazers because they won back-to-back Memorial Cups that year. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I can ended up giving it a pretty good chance. And um, I was one of the last cuts, but they went with three 16-year-olds, Blair Rhoda, um, Ryan Reshog, and another hometown boy. Oh, AJ Baines. So good picks, and uh, they cut me, and I went to Vernon after that, played for the Vipers, and had a pretty good year, uh, 16, just turning 17. Um, scored, I don't know how many goals, but I had a better, I always prided myself in the playoffs. I could, that's, that, that was where I was at, and we won the Royal Bank Cup that year, scored the game-winning goal on TSN, and won Rookie of the Year, and uh Playing junior A taught me what I needed to know because you're playing against men when you're young. And, man, did I ever get my ass kicked by some <laughs> tough guys out there. And it it really taught me that it's a man's game and you have to learn how to um, travel, take care of yourself. You have to learn how to play. You have to learn how to respect your older teammates because you can't just come in there and think you run the show and you want first uh, line power play and it, it was really good learning experience to play out there and then uh, we ended up winning it our first year so we beat Melford Mustangs they had a bunch of well if you look back now they had a couple NHL players that played in their team draft picks and they were really good but we just goes to show you it's not the best team that wins but it's the team that uh, really bonds at the right time and works hard and uh, gets the bounces. So we beat them 2 nothing in Melford uh, Arena. And I mean, the rest is history. And then the next year, I had a pretty good season in Vernon, but I got traded. And um, I got traded to LeBrat, Saskatchewan. And uh, I think I had 91 points that year and almost 40-some goals, but just didn't work out. They traded me for cash. Didn't want to go to LeBrat, so I won... <laughs> I saw one glimpse of LeBret and I didn't want to go. So I went to Omaha, Nebraska. Straight from Omaha, I played, I think, 15 or 16 games there. And I told the coach, Mike Hastings, he's part of the national program in the U.S. national program. And I told him my goals was to get to the dub. And he was pretty good about that. So I uh, got my chance in Calgary as a free agent, played four games. They gave me a four-game tryout. They flew me home and said, we're going to give you four games to see what you got, and that's it. So first game against Spoke, I played one shift. I think it was like 20 seconds. So <laughs> um, Babcock and Peters were on the other side. Go figure. Old school coaches. And um, then at uh, my second game was in Portland, and uh, 
I didn't know that uh, their first round draft pick was Brendan Morrow and I lined up against him and I was he slashed me, so I slashed him back and we ended up fighting. Had a pretty good tilt, um, did good, and then got an assist and uh, actually did pretty good. So, like, freaking second game, almost uh, one goal that went off my ass cheek and that was my <laughs> first goal in the dub. It's a garbage goal, so pretty cool. And then the ref just kind of worked my way up. I had to sit a lot because they were transitioning. They, the coach from the year before, Dean Clark, knew me through junior, and he just told me to hang in there. So I had to work my ass off, sit for four games, watch, learn, be positive, work twice as hard. I remember running around the saddle dome up and down those stairs to make sure I was ready and in shape and prepared when I got my chance. Worked my absolute bag off to make sure that I was ready when I got my chance and play a couple games here and there. I went from the fourth line to the second line to the first line and uh, ended up getting my chance with uh, Pavel Brendel and uh, Brad Moran. Bugsy scored like 68 goals one year and Brendel scored 72 or set a record most in uh and I think most in major junior for a rookie one year. And uh, my job was just to protect them. And my job was to forecheck. My job was to uh, create energy and um, it's just trying to be a good teammate. So it ended up being pretty good. Uh, made it all the way to the WHL championships and, uh, Memorial Cup, lost in the Mem Cup to uh, uh, played against Cheech there and Cheechu with the Belleville Bulls. He was unreal back in the day. Man, can that guy dangle. Two years before he played in the O, he was playing freaking Moose Factory uh, rec hockey. And then he goes <laughs> to Ontario, then the O. So it's guy was talented. He was super talented. And then we lost in overtime in, uh, in Ottawa to uh, the 67s. How was it playing so close to home? Um, Good, but not good. Good in the sense that I miss curfew all the time because I was out <laughs> hunting, riding horses, or doing stuff. The team had to uh, eventually uh, put me in the city with billets so they can monitor me because I was just being a res kid, just being on the land and whatever, hunting, shooting gophers, riding horses, doing regular stuff that we do on the ranch. And uh, awesome in the sense of uh, being able to see so many dang natives at the game, like packed, I mean, sellouts during uh, the heydays of the Hitman when the Flames sucked. There was nobody going to the Flames games and uh, Hitman games were selling out. So there was sellouts of 19,000 people and there was I, so many darn natives there. It was pretty cool to see the support. <laughs> And to see when it's really good to see when native people see another kid succeed, they really support them as far as uh, their career. And, you know, it's, it is good to see because, uh, you know, there was very, I looked up to the, the guys that made the show. I could go on and on about the guys that made it, but it's, it's, it was pretty, pretty good to see. Post Hitman days, uh, you played a few years in the coast senior hockey. How was it uh, playing in the East Coast League? Um, I thought, I thought 
it was good, but it wasn't good. It was good experience just to get down to um, the Pittsburgh area, which is Pennsylvania. I went from uh, first I was in Johnstown. I got sent down from Calgary. Uh, I had a two-way contract on uh, the A and the East Coast. Um, went from Calgary training camp to playing with. Uh, I had a pretty good camp actually. I thought I had a pretty good camp. Like I, I, I definitely made some noise. Sutter brought me in and told me to play my game, and um, he honestly told me to cause some shit out there. So I did, and I ended up. I ended up. You know, like, uh, I, um, I ended up, you know, like being at the main camp and showing I could uh, physically play against some of the top top end players physically. And I was still small and um, ended up getting in a fight in camp and doing half decent. Uh, Grant Fear was there uh, on his last year of his contract. Uh, he was pretty cool. Um, but it was good experience. Martin St. Louis got cut the same time I got cut and he got sent down to St. John. Um, John Tripp was another guy that I played with and we got sent down. Calgary is pretty deep on the left side or the right side at that time. And then we went to the A and um, we ran into the A, another log jam. And unfortunately, I didn't really fit in under the coach's plans in the A. Um, <laughs> we had a coach, old school coach, Rick Vive. Oh, yeah. We probably didn't really uh, hit it off right away. I was trying to do my best, but uh, uh, Johnny Oduya was their tough guy there. Uh, Freddie's brother that played in the show. Then I ended up wearing the wrong uh, colored uh, sock tape on practice and he booted me off the ice. And I was, <laughs> for very first practice, I was, like nobody told me how strict he was, but I was in his bad books like right away. I didn't know that. So, but that's the old school coaches that were, that existed back in the day. And uh, it's just how it was. Then I went down to the coast, played in the coast and um, got injured my first year and things never really uh, panned out after that. But the coast is, can be a good league, but it can be a brutal league. It's a, it's, it's, it's got some players that make their way out now, looking back, if uh, definitely would have went to Europe, I don't think the East coast is the best league as far as skill wise or development. It uh, it's kind of a known as a, as a, gone show league i guess you can say back in the day but but it was it was good i enjoyed it um and then uh, i had to sit out half the year because i had post-concussion syndrome i got sucker punched by uh, a tough guy down there and put me out for a long time and uh then i went back and went to vancouver's camp ronnie valorm got me a tryout there and uh, um it's Probably all on me. I didn't show up in the best shape. It was all right, but I didn't show up in the best shape because I sat out for half a year and then uh, played in uh, Pensacola. And then after Pensacola, it just kind of injuries kind of just really hit me and I knew my career was pretty much done. So I had uh, some, some concussion symptoms and I just had to hang them up. And then I played a little bit of senior hockey, but Senior hockey was just for fun, and it wasn't really uh, competitive in my mind. I knew that I wasn't 100% healthy, but I just kind of wrote it out for a little bit. Um, racism in hockey. 
Um, can you tell us your experience that you had to deal with growing up? Like you mentioned before, you were the only native kid playing on those uh, early years teams. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, censor it though. <laughs> like like everybody else, since we were four years old, we've, yeah. we've dealt with racism. And I could honestly say that every POC that I've talked to, person of color, indigenous, have dealt with racism. So I'm no different than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I had to deal with it. But what I do right now is I could literally write a book about every racism incident that I go through, but I narrowed it down to two incidents that I use for educational purposes in the Western Hockey League and also in the junior leagues. But it's... Uh, so I use those platforms to speak on racism and show them that what I went through and I talk about the racism and discrimination that I've been through. So I use the Junior A platform of where I played in uh, Junior A that the fans and not only the players, but the fans were super racist and discriminant and they had stereotypes. And I know there were fans to get after me but they were also threatening my life because my uh, my skin color. And at the time, back in the 90s, there wasn't a whole lot of policies. There was no talk about it. But, um, you know, we, we these fans ended up pouring beer on me and being really racist. And it's if for a POC people or a, a Indigenous player, this is common. So I have to explain it to non-Native people to say yeah that's this is what really happened and then the police at the time couldn't do nothing about it they just didn't, did a quick investigation put me on the bus and said you better get out of town and the other incident i use is in the western hockey league when i played in the in the western league in the dub i was the right winner playing on a pretty pretty good line but the one team uh, Medicine Hat Tigers were very, very diligent on strategically using my race as uh, to try get at me. And they were, I would say a big part of their team would be chirping me all the time about my race and my uh, trying to get under my skin. And, um, you know, words are said and eventually fights erupted and line brawls. And it, it's unfortunate, but I use those in my presentations to teach people that not only at minor hockey junior and the major junior ranks it happens but uh i have to explain to people like how it feels as a hockey player because i used the presentation of a horse because I, I work been working with horses quite a bit when we get discriminated against we go into these stages the fight stage the freeze stage the flight stage and the fawn stage so i was the i had to learn how to freeze and and control my emotions in the Western Hockey League because if I reacted, I would get suspended or I'd put my team in a situation and I'd get cut. So my mentors, my dad, my agent, and the people around me just said, you have to put the blinders on and ignore it. And that's what I did for 20, 20 plus years, 25 years to 27 years was ignore it. I absolutely didn't even talk about it. My parents didn't know about it. Just the people close to me knew what I went through as a hockey player. And uh, not so much in the pros, you didn't hear it, but it was more in the junior ranks and the minor hockey ranks and the rural areas. When I did play in uh, with Ochap and Horse Lake, it got very, uh, 
in the rural areas of Canada, it got very, very bad. Like it was, uh, so I, I don't want to talk uh, like saying that was what it was all about. It was super racist. There's, I always say 95% of my hockey career was awesome. Like the yeah. places that took me, the buildings I got to play in, the people I got to see, I got to play in every darn state and almost every province in Canada. I played in so many cool places, but I just said racism was one of the hardest things as hockey players that we ever deal with. And people, the POCs, people of color would understand. But the reason why I wanted to talk about it way later is in 20, 2019, 2020, is I wanted to build a platform for awareness and education to help make hockey more inclusive and better and make diversity a common thing. And where I wanted to start was uh, just talking about my story and educating people. So that's what I've been doing for the past four years. Yeah, you mentioned uh, diversity and you work with different teams. Uh, what is the one most important thing that you try to teach the players? Well, I have uh, a partnership with the Calgary Flames. So since 2020, just after 2019, I've been working with the Flames. So uh, I do a – it's a – I call it a DH Ranch diversity presentation. So I tell my story, but I, I put in helpful hints on Indigenous education. I also help, uh, I tell a storyline of uh, my last name on where it come from, a warrior's, warrior story and how the elders named uh, my, my last name, how it became and uh, to be proud of it. And then, so the presentation is just about self-reflection of Canadians, where, where they came from. And they should be proud of where they come from, too. Um, Canada was built on uh, First Nation lands. And I give them a whole uh, walkthrough Careful on First, First Nation land. So treaty lands and uh, the Treaty 1 to 11, the territories they live in and why the chief signed treaty and so i walked them through this whole diversity presentation and i also give them a immigration presentation on how canada became canada it's uh through um agreements through treaties and agreements through the crown and uh and and, and the governments and uh you know how the settlers came here so a lot of these hockey kids weren't taught that general canadians yeah. weren't taught that and if it wasn't for First Nation people, a lot of the settlers and immigrants wouldn't even be here. So I have to explain also the residential school system on how um, the governments affected our First Nations and they were trying to get rid of us. But the strength and resilience of our people to survive, but why we are the way we are because of uh, those uh, really strict rules and those oppression and assimilation rules they tried to put up against their people. So I explained that and my version, my wife's a school teacher. So we built these presentations and that's what we try to do. And we ultimately try to get allies on our side because 60% of Calgary is European or white. So they have to understand us before they can um, support our initiatives. So yeah. that's what I do. Work with the Flames. I work with uh, their 50 prospects. I work with CSEC, so we train about 400 employees at the Saddle Dome. 
and that also falls under the stand uh, Calgary Stampeders and um, a lot of their employees. So through that, I've been doing that for three years, going on three years now. What advice would you give young Indigenous players um, coming up the ranks, coming up from midget U18 and about to begin their uh, junior career? Well, this is one I haven't mastered yet, but when parents ask me to talk to their kids about um, diversity, the very first thing I say is be proud of where you come from. Be proud of your ancestors. Be proud of your grandparents. Learn about your family history for what they've been through. My grandparents went through residential school and it was absolutely horrible. But to just to know your family story and your true last name and your, your language and your culture, be proud of where you come from. Because if you know that, when you're going to start to deal with racism, which they will, like I, I spoke to a AAA player last year in Lethbridge and then made national news. Um, the, the player was chastised by a, a team in the AAA leagues but I, I spoke to the kid six months before and I told him, be proud of where you come from. When this happens, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to be able to, to take it. You're going to have to be able to let your coach know, let your GM know, so they can let the league know. But you're going to have to be able to uh, use it as motivation. Don't let it break you because other players are going to be chirping. Or back in the day, they called it talking shit but they're gonna use that to try break you but don't let it break you be proud of who you are and let the parents let guys like me that are working in diversity help change triple a policies junior a policies whl policies minor pro policies policies in work that's my job and that's what i do so that's my my uh my message is to the kids is to keep going and be proud because you're representing your nation. You're representing your people and be proud of where you come from and let us do the work on diversity work. But, and the one other thing that kind of comes up is uh, it's, we had this conversation about uh, don't use it as an excuse all the time. Like I didn't make a triple a because of my, uh, my, my skin color. Or I hear First Nation advisors saying, oh, they didn't pick my kid because of this. Use it as motivation to just find the right coach that believes in your ability to work hard, your ability to shoot, skate. The game's changing now. I think the game, probably in 10 to 12 years, there'll be no fighting. So I think there's so many strong Native kids that are are so good at and talented at just res hockey and uh, toe drags and shooting the puck that you know look at the players nowadays that are doing so good that are first nation they've got so much skill so just keep on grinding stay positive and let us take work, care of the diversity work because there's policies in place now that will take care of those racist players or coaches that are saying inappropriate words yeah very true Okay, before we let you go, we always finish our interview with what we called call uh, five rapid NIST questions. Just we'll, we'll ask, ask you five questions. You just got to yes, no, 
yes, no kind of thing. <laughs> okay, question number one. Fried or baked bannock? Oh, damn. <laughs> I, I honestly don't even eat bannock right now, but if it was, it would probably be fried. Number two, question number two. Ever use a, a bed sheet for a door or curtain? Heck yeah, I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> How we rolled, yeah. With tax, yeah. With tax, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Question number three. Ever see Ernest Munias live in concerts? Yeah, I saw him twice. I saw him back in the day. And uh, where was it? Uh, PA, I think, back in the day. It was pretty funny because he was kind of, he was, he, let's just say he had a few beers and they had to cut him <laughs> off uh, halfway through. And then I saw him at the Freddy. He was really good, but he's, he's a good performer. And yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> Question number four, Indian taco or what is it? Bannock burger. Oh, dang. Um, I don't, I don't, I can't eat any of those foods because I have a food tolerance now, but it'd be an Indian taco for sure. Fifth and last question: Can you jig? Uh, I, <laughs> I tried to. Um, back in the day, when my wife's from Saskatchewan, they they liked to jig, and I was trying to impress her. And I used to. I don't drink now, but I used to drink back in the day, and I was trying to jig. I probably looked like an idiot, but <laughs> I was trying to impress her. But no, I don't. I don't. I don't jig. All right, Brad. We uh, we thank you for coming on the show. We really uh, appreciate taking time out of your schedule to come sit around with us and talk some hockey. And we wish you all the best with what you're doing with your work with diversity and teaching the players and teaching the coaches and everything. So we yeah, we appreciate, it, man. Yeah. And uh, we'll love to have you back on down the road. Hi, hey guys, welcome back <laughs> from our interview with uh, Brent and. Um, great guy i mean this guy's a trailblazer he's uh he opened a lot of doors he paved the way for a lot of a lot of hockey players um just not in alberta but western canada and canada in general so um i asked a former former uh, guest on the show i shot him a text um and I asked him, how much of an impact was Brent for you, uh, for you Alberta boys? And he responded by saying, huge impact. I grew up watching him with the Hitman. When I first started training, he was part of our workout group. No one outworks that guy. We've become really good friends. He is a legend. He was skilled and could have and could fight. If he played in today's game, he would he would have made millions in the NHL, whatever he does. He has success, hockey, rodeo, politics, and now helping the next generation. Brent is a rock star. He does a lot of, he does a lot for our people. He doesn't get enough credit. And this is from one of like, like this guy was like, who talked, who said this after, uh, after I shot him attacks is like, this guy's right up there in the hockey world. I mean, and another former guest of the show, and I asked him the same question. He goes, um, huge, looked up to him, remember watching him for the Hitman, and even now, what he's doing for the youth, he's a great role model, lots of respect for that man. Um, and one more guy said, what did he say? I'm just looking at my messages. He goes, uh, 
he's a great role model for us. You know, one time he ran a hockey school during Stampede and I was only the only kid to show up. Ha 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 ha. Got to spend two days with just him and me playing hockey, but to see him make it pro and stuff was a big thing for us. And he was someone we could ask questions about that and not only for hockey, but for life as well in rodeo for me. So um, these three gentlemen that responded to my, um, to my tax to say how big of a role model this guy was for, for these three hockey players, just, it just shows you how awesome of a guy he was on and off the ice. So I'm more than happy and <laughs> proud that he was a part of our show and that he's willing to come and talk some hockey and share his experience with us. So thank you again, Brent. And um, I talked to him after the interview, and for sure he's going to more than willing to come back on the show, which is great because, man, this guy's – it was, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so thanks again. Uh okay, this week this week's top five, Rest Hockey Top Five is brought to you by uh Bushy over there. Let's yeah. You ready, Bushy? Uh oh, I am ready. Let's yeah. go. Top five reasons why Bush and Trev were off the air this summer. <laughs> Trev was still celebrating Toronto's first round victory. <laughs> <clears throat> Bush was uh, in denial that the Oilers got beat by eventual cup champions. Again. Ouch. <laughs> we started training for the Freddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we got so far as the right training programs down, but we didn't actually, you know, make it the diet and stuff. Oh, no. So, um, we got... Lost on the power circuit, and we lost track of time. and woke up, and it was a it was in September. <laughs> or we we said uh, Green Day song, "Wake Me Up When yep. September Ends." Yeah, no one did though. <laughs> <laughs> and the last reason, but you know, is uh, we forgot to pay our internet bill. Pay <laughs> our what? Our internet bill. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bush Those are top has, five reasons, excuses Bush, and reasons. Bush still yeah. has a landline, so he thought he was able to use his landline dial. internet, his dial-up. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have a landline? No. No, not too many people have landlines, eh? I haven't had a landline since, uh, I don't know. Like since old, your old, flip old, phone? Old, old, <laughs> I think since uh, 09. Look at my hair. It's going pretty long. Pretty. Yeah. It's getting ready for hockey season. This is the longest I've let it grow in such a long time. Good flow. I, I wanted to grow it like, uh, like have me. hair like Ethan Bear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my brother has like long hair too. Probably <laughs> the same length as Ethan's. And it just look, looks really crummy. He looks like a bum. <laughs> So I was like, uh, I'm not going to grow my hair instead. So, <laughs> seeing my yeah. brother in his hair, just uh, never mind. So I'm going to get my hair cut this weekend. So this is the longest it's, it's, it's been. So uh, I mean that in a good way, Sean. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just sometimes long hair doesn't doesn't suit doesn't suit you. So it doesn't suit me. And it suits my brother, though. He looked good in your long hair, Sean. Keep growing it. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
but yeah, uh, August and September, it was, uh, for me personally, August was a tough month. Um, beginning of August, I lost my grandmother. She passed away. And so it kind of, kind of played a toll on me in a way I kind of lost, lost interest in, in the show. And it, it just totally, I wasn't, I wasn't really focused and I wasn't re- really ready to come back yet. And just, I think it was good for both of us just to take time away from the show, just to recharge our batteries and reach, uh, refocus and regroup. I mean, for you, you had volleyball, you had baseball and just, it was good just for us to take time away from the show, just to focus on our, on our, our mental health and our spending time with our family yeah. and just to regroup. So, um, a lot of people were wondering where we were and why when we we're coming back. And I just said, the, yeah, we're, we plan on coming back, but we would just take some time away. And yeah. Um, and it's, uh, and after talking with Brent, it just really, he said some really encouraging words to, to us. And it just really made me feel really good and really kind of rekindled it up. The flame, yeah. rekindle the flame. Let, so, let the flame. Let the flame up. So, but yeah, it's just it's good to take time away from things just to refo- just uh spend time with your family, spend time with your friends, mm-hmm. and just regroup and and take care of your mental health. So, and that's why we decided just to take uh, August and August and September often. But yeah. we're happy to be back. We're gonna we got a lot of good guests coming up this hockey season um some players playing in europe again some college players some junior players mm-hmm. and some former nhl players so it's i'm looking forward to the for this season and um uh, yeah i'm back we're back we's back we's are back back streets back all right, all right. <laughs> uh, i was trying to watch the blue jays game today they really suck eh they're not they're uh... They they're so happy in Gonko that they made that they thought they made the playoffs, but there's not really the playoffs. Like, no, can you call not. this? Can you call can you... a wild card battle a playoff? I don't. I no. don't know. <laughs> and the thing that always baffles my mind and like, why do Major League Baseball teams celebrate so hard when they won when they win their their uh, yeah. division? Right. I know. They, I... Bottles of beer and champagne are waiting for them when they yeah. walk into their ribs. Like you guys just won your division. How like yeah. who cares, man? You still have twenty games to win to win <laughs> the World Series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the Blue Jays, they celebrated. You know, yeah, you guys got a wild card spot. Big deal. Just, they lost. Just means just means you barely made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and they did. They barely made it. Like by one game, I thought or something. Yeah, like they that, made eh? it. I think they made it in on Sunday. Yeah, so I don't know. Plus they, kinda... plus they had help with other teams too. Like other teams won for them, so they could. Yeah. So you don't. I don't know. Imagine how ho- <laughs> if hockey teams did that, like, and or uh, like so, like Toronto wins the division. You see them all partying up. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad hockey players don't do that. Yeah, I know. It's just it's uncalled for and unnecessary. Well, I could see Edmonton doing that because they don't win much too much. So oh, oh. Edmonton, oh, you, there guys we go. Have a, you guys have a past. You guys can celebrate anytime you guys want. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was just, it, I always think of like, it kind of annoys me when 
baseball does that. It kind of turns me off from watching baseball. Like, mm-hmm. You guys still have 20 games to win. Why why party now? So, uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Uh, end of August, Bush and I, with, we went to Dakota Sioux, went to go celebrate the day with a cup with Zach Whitecloud. And it was a fun day. That was. Uh, we went. To, it's my first time going to uh, Sioux Valley. It's right off the Trans Canada Highway, maybe five, ten minutes off the main highway, west of Brandon, Manitoba. And if people, if you go to the Powell Grounds and in, in the in the prairies, watch your foot, watch oh, where yeah. you step. You're gonna break an ankle. I watched Trevor do it like three times already and go for holes. Yeah, that's the one thing I was like, hold, what are these holes? Yeah. And I got out of Bush's truck. My first step, I <laughs> stepped right in the hole. And I almost broke my ankle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm. but you can see in their parking lot, there's like holes yeah. every two, three feet. Mm-hmm. But that, that was funny, though, go for holes. But yeah, it was <laughs> good. They um, good, good amount of people showed up. Um, yeah. Elvis and his showgirls showed up. I know. Um, we we were very welcomed by the chief, Chief Jennifer Bone. She uh, she was very welcoming to us, and we had some councilmen, and so mm-hmm. they were very nice people over there. And we just thank you, thank them for their hospitality. Um, a lot of like we said, uh, they had two drum groups, good yeah. songs, good performances. But the only thing that I didn't like about uh, that welcome, that Stanley Cup party is when the media, people with TV cameras were all over Zach and people in the power, on the power ground, just power stands, couldn't see what was happening because everyone was around Zach and they couldn't see because he got cameras in his face and just they surrounded him like to the point you couldn't even see and yeah we were standing beside the elders uh area and they poor people couldn't see because there was cameramen and news reporters there and they missed out on a lot because yeah uh, and that's that was the only downer for me just mm-hmm. i think they should have respect <clears throat> give everyone a chance to see what was happening during that ceremony but it was fun we got to hang out hang out with the dice man our bro yeah. trev and um. Yeah. Overall, it was good. I had a good time. Yeah, it was really good. So, uh, hopefully, yeah, maybe they'll win again, and we'll have to go back to Sioux Valley. But do you think they kind of fluked it out, Vegas? Uh you know what? No, I don't think they did. There is. Uh, I've been reading a lot TSN, ESPN, and some TikTok stuff. If they hadn't won game five in the Edmonton series, they wouldn't have won. Yeah. I, Everybody's what... tracing tracing back their, their habits, their skill, their victories was, uh, I think, game five. Yeah. I'm just reading, like, uh, each each week I, I'll go through my notes on my, on my phone for each episode. And for episode 93... I have poutine. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we got to talk about poutine and yeah, maybe. Oh yeah. Speaking of episode ninety three, 
Um, episode, I mean, our interview with Brent, I said it was episode 94, but I meant 93. Yeah. So sorry about that if we confused you. But yeah, mm-hmm. I got poutine. I don't know. Were we supposed <laughs> to talk about poutine or something? I don't know. <laughs> I have one funny thing that I have written down in here. And this is a question for you, for all you married men and women. And this is a pretty personal question. And some do and some don't. And it's okay if you do, and it's okay if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and Bush Dice man, you got about. Dice Man, you gotta back me up on this, bro. Okay. Question. Do you fart around your spouse? <laughs> Be honest now, and it's okay. Like <laughs> you two, if you're you two are sitting on the couch watching TV, or you guys are driving together somewhere, do you just let one rip? Like, or do you do you go to the bathroom and just fart privately and quietly, <laughs> or do you go outside and do it? It's an honest question. Should we answer that question, Bush, or should we just? Okay, yeah, I'm not answer it. that. <laughs> you know what? I'm not shy. Me, I'll fart for around Paula. Like I'll let it rip. <laughs> sitting on the couch, it's like it's just a, it's natural gas, man. It's it's part yeah. of our it's part of our bodies. It's just gas releasing gas, man. It's not <laughs> all in the wrong areas, but it's still releasing <laughs> gas. Uh. So, do, what's your answer to that question, Bush? Do you fart? Uh, fort? Do I fart around? Do I fort? Fort? Fart around Sue? I have once. <laughs> really? Yeah, just like just recently, just with this weekend. I think yesterday or today. Wait, no, it was Sunday. Saturday was or ac- Sunday? Was it by accident? Yeah, totally was. <laughs> I didn't meet. <laughs> what did she do? She started giggling, laughing. She was like, did you fart? <laughs> I mean, she just got really embarrassed and just read. No, she was like, no, because I, I have uh, never farted in front of her. That's a big step in, a big step in your relationship, man. For the oh, for their listeners on, on listening to the podcast, Bush has never farted in front of Sue for how many years? <laughs> Four years? Five years? Three. Three and a bit. Three and a half. Three and change. Three and change. So, yeah. so that's yeah, him farting in front of Sue is a big step in their relationship. <laughs> Good for you. I'm happy for you. Only All right. two, three years. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine just holding in farts just because Paul is sitting beside me. Freak that, <laughs> man. I rather just pay have... attention, pay attention to your diet. No, it's not because of that. It's just yeah. I, I don't want to sit. I'd rather just let it go and sit, instead of holding it in and having a sore stomach. That's when you excuse yourself and go outside. Hey, I got to go check uh, my truck for something. I forgot it. <laughs> just let one rip. I think I forgot my... I left the door open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're going to make a poll on Facebook, on our Facebook page. Do you fart in front of your spouse? And be honest. And uh, we don't judge. I think this is. No. I think this is the good thing about uh, our po- podcast. And 
us indigenous people we love to laugh we love to share funny stories so um and farting in front of your spouse is funny i have no problem farting in front of my spouse (laughs) It's, it's 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 part of the natural bodies man so 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 the next question is are you gonna keep farting in front of sewers is is this a one-time thing it's a one-time thing no she says i may have farted in my sleep but i uh i doubt that did you ever fart in your sleep to the point you wake yourself up from that fart like whoa (laughs) did i just fart yeah yeah (laughs) yeah <laughs> Next time I come over, I'm gonna let one rip. <laughs> You're not right on your couch, and I'm gonna hold it in all day and just let it go. Or maybe t- go to your upstairs bathroom, and just take take a big deuce and wait for a while to <laughs> yeah. wait for a while to flush it. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, with that being said, we'll let uh, yeah. We'll take off for for this week. So thanks, guys, for tuning into our podcast. Uh, yep. We missed you guys, and we're glad that we're back. And I hope you're glad that we're back. And so, thank you for um, your patience, people. We appreciate yeah, it. We truly appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And like I said, we missed you guys. And this hockey season is going to be an exciting season for Bush and I, and I'm sure for mm-hmm. for your family, your your grandkids, your kids, your nephews and nieces, and brothers and sisters and everyone else in your family so yeah so thanks again for joining us um if anyone wants to be cuz of the week shoot us a message on facebook or instagram and we'll uh future episodes will uh give them a shout out and stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. so uh thanks again for uh, joining us and uh we will see you next week peace peace